Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I'm Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our author today is Dr. Jennifer Bowie, Assistant Professor of Political Science. She is the co-author of a new book, The View from the Bench and Chambers, Examining Judicial Process and Decision-Making on the U.S. Courts of Appeals, published recently by the University of Virginia Press. This book presents a series of quantitative analyses of judicial decisions in the Courts of Appeals with the perspectives gained from in-depth interviews with the judges and their law clerks. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And to start off our conversation, what inspired you to write on this particular topic? Um, my research since graduate school has focused on the Courts of Appeals, and I've always been interested in understanding decision-making on the federal courts, from the district courts to the Courts of Appeals to the Supreme Court. Um, part of why this book was written was myself and my co-authors thought it would be really important to have a comprehensive book that covered um, the process from the very beginning to the end. So what I mean by that is once the case enters the courts of appeals, what happens through each stage of the process? So throughout the book, each chapter is dedicated um, to the different steps that judges go through when making decisions. We wanted to have sort of this deeper understanding where not only do we present statistical analyses based on um, different data that we collected, but also have an understanding from the judges themselves. So do they both match? Um, are there differences in what the judges are saying versus what we find um, through the quantitative analysis? Um, so that was our perspective. There's lots of great research on um, courts of appeals, but my co-authors and I really felt we needed one comprehensive book that blended both the interview data and the um, the data on the cases these judges make, or these the cases these uh, judges uh, decide on and how they make decisions. Right. Thank you. That's fascinating, I think, to combine the quantitative with the qualitative analyses. Um, our next question is focusing more on here at the University of Richmond. How can the University of Richmond community use this book to address further understanding of the courts? I think one way um, the University of Richmond, particularly students and other scholars who might be interested in this topic, um, what they will find most useful, I think, is the rich interview data that we collected. Um, I think that's the real strong point of the book. It's hard to have access to these judicial elites, and we have approximately 60 interviews from judges from every circuit um, represented in the book. And so you learn lots of things from um, the interviews that we collected. Um, one of the things that would, became really apparent is often we treat the U.S. Courts of Appeals as just one big unit, as one court. Um, when really there are um, 11 circuits plus the DC circuit, so a total of 12, there are really 12 different courts, or they all have their own identity, they all do things a little bit differently. Um, generally, they follow the same process, but the, the ins and outs can often be quite different, and you wouldn't learn any of that unless you actually spoke to the judges themselves. Um, 
it's a nice example, I think, of how to combine both the qualitative and quantitative um, and to do it in a way where you can add that rich um, textual understanding to how judges make decisions and at the same time test it with regular, rigorous uh, statistical analysis. And so I think that's the benefit that um, the UR community can get from it, both from the students to see how it's done and then just um, scholars who are interested in the topic. Thank you. And um, discussing students, did students assist, assist you with the research and preparation of this book? Yes, so one of the great things about being at the University of Richmond is, as you know, we have excellent students here. And so um, as I was working on this book, there was lots of data that needed to be collected. Um, and so I actually had help from two undergraduate um, political science students who worked as RAs on this book. So those two students, they're outstanding young women. Um, they actually graduated recently, Sarah Krause and Liz Dedman. And they were um, very important in helping and aiding this book um, to the publication process. Um, they read hundreds, maybe even thousands of courts of appeals decisions, collecting different pieces of data as they're reading all these judicial opinions. And some of them could be 36 pages long, and so they really slugged through um, and helped collect really important data for this project. Um, I mean, I think what's really notable about the work that they did is you know, that they were doing work that's on par with what PhD students were doing. So my co-author is at a PhD granting institution and he had PhD students doing the same work that my two undergraduate RAs were working on. Um, and so that's one thing I found really nice here is you find top students and they can do um, great work just like a first-year PhD student can do. So they were really important in the process um, in, in research in questioning why I might think about a variable in this way which made me rethink different things so that was really useful kind of having that you know second set of eyes or I guess four sets of eyes um, and they were um, you know really really helpful and I couldn't have done it without them. Well, that's a great example of uh, faculty-student collaboration. Thanks for sharing. And how would you envision undergraduate students using the book for their study and research? Um, that's a great question. So while I was working on this book, um, well, let me backtrack. I teach a senior seminar on judicial decision-making, and I've taught it three times now. That I'm currently teaching it, and then I've taught it the two previous years. Um, and so in the first two years that I taught the senior seminar, um, I had students read draft chapters of the book um, um, as I was working on it. And they seemed to be really fascinated, um, in particular with the judge interviews, just kind of getting that insight on how this works and showing their perspective. Um, and then this year, because the book was out, I actually assigned the book to the class. And I think... Um, they really seem to respond again to the judge interviews and a couple of students um, have come up with senior theses that have um, stemmed from this book to different ideas of further research um, and so that's really neat to see how um, they've kind of read, what, read um, the book, different aspects of the book, they've talked about it in class and how that formulated their ideas for their senior 
um, thesis projects. So that's really exciting as you know their professor to see that happen. So well, that is they're building upon the conversation. Exactly. <laughs> and our last question: How did library services support you in writing this book? Well, library services was great, and not only the Boatwright Library, but also the Law Library. I definitely used both um, from the interlibrary loans to the books that are available to work on the literature review and um, and prior you know prior scholarship on on this topic. Um, in particular, which is probably the most most important, is having access to LexisNexis and Westlaw, and that's more through the law school, the Westlaw. So the RAs in particular really use LexisNexis. I did as well. Um, and then the Westlaw access from the law school was really quite helpful. So, um, you know, both the law library and Boatwright um, supplied uh, uh, a lot of support in this research, and I really couldn't have done it without either, which is much appreciated. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Bowie, for your conversation today. The view from the bench and chambers, examining judicial process and decision-making on the U.S. Courts of Appeals, is available in both the Boatwright Library and the Law Library, and it's on sale in the University Bookstore.